I'm no longer bound, I'm no longer chained, I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free, and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Welcome to Be the Light with Pastor Zachir Robinson. In this show, I'm speaking with Jimmy and Angie Cash. They talked to us today about some difficulties that they faced in their marriage, how God restored it, and how they are excelling in their marriage now. So if you are a marriage that is currently struggling, need some tips, please tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. My name is Freedom. Welcome everybody to Be The Light. I am so excited that you all are on today. I want to talk about two amazing people that that I have with me who I used to work with over at Live the Life. Um, they have an amazing story. You know, as we go about life and we get married, we have kids, we have things that just tends to just come up in our life, right? Well, we have two people who have been through something that God have pulled them out of. God saved their marriage. And I want to introduce Jimmy. Hi, Zakia. <laughs> And um, Angie. Oh, thank you, Sakia, for having us today. You, you're welcome. And so, as I already mentioned, that God have brought you out of an amazing journey. All right. And so, I want you just to tell us a little bit about yourselves. How long have you been married? Um, how many kids do you have? Let's just hear a little bit of background about you. Okay. We'll start. Yeah. So, Angie and I actually grew up in the same town together, mm-hmm. went to kindergarten class together. 13 years of public school, some years in the same class. However, we didn't we didn't really hang in the same social circles. Okay. Fast forward uh, into our early 30s. We we reconnect, we start dating, and uh we end up getting married in like four months. Wow. I mean, <laughs> and we've been married next month, 19 years. Wow. So this is a perfect time to have y'all on the show. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so excited for y'all. So when I, I met her as a as a young adult, I was just smitten. I don't think she was, <laughs> but I, I was immediately in love with her. Wow. And yeah. And so y'all were in school together, never really crossed paths. Until time later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then within four months, y'all was married. So, y'all, it could happen. You can get married in four months. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't advise it, but you can. <laughs> I think me and my husband got married within like five or six months. Oh, really? So, we oh. did. <laughs> I don't know. I think those marriages that sometimes works the best. <laughs> yep. May go through some hard times, but you oh, will get yeah. through it. And yeah. so, um, what about you? So, yeah, so we, um, I received a phone call from uh, Jimmy and had no idea it was coming. Um, actually, that's a God story. And I pick up the phone. I hear a message that says, hey, this is Jimmy Cash. So um, just want to reconnect, moving back to the area and thought you would be a great person to just kind of reconnect with, you know, since we went to high school together. I'm like, Jimmy Cash. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I remember Jimmy Cash. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's how it started. And um, it, we just connected and we realized that, you know, we had children from previous marriages and we thought, hey, this would be a great time to just kind of start maybe, maybe think about a long standing relationship and get that blended family together. And, in four or five months, we did. So Yes. I'm so glad you said blended families because yes. it is sometimes it could be a struggle to bring mm-hmm. blended families together because you have different 
backgrounds, different personalities, different upbringings. And then it's one of them things where it's like now we're trying to blend them together and everyone has to get along. You know, yeah. we got yeah. two two uh, adults that's happy. Then you got the kids looking like, what is going on here? Right. And so like, talk about that. How was mm. that combining the families together? It was a challenge. Uh, it was a challenge. I feel like sometimes a blended family is a challenge more for everyone else besides the couple. Mm-hmm. Like the couple is so in love with each other. Right. And so happy to just do life together that it takes a little while for the rest of the family or extended family to catch up with that. And sometimes mm-hmm. they they never do. I mean, it's just a yeah. it's a it is a, a sad fact of life. So we started off in our early 30s together with uh, uh, seven. Wow. Yeah. Seven, seven kids. kids. Seven kids. <laughs> seven kids. And uh yeah, yeah. So we both had uh not you know, I mean we were we were blessed to have good jobs and uh we we worked hard and we did life together and we raised uh little ones, man. They were like doorsteps. Right. And uh it was it was hard. One of the challenges with a blended family is bringing them all together at yes. the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some coming in, some coming out. Yes. Holidays is probably yeah. different. Yeah, so we have yeah. some pictures throughout our years that um that where we have all of them together. There's not a lot of those. Sadly, right. most of our photos, ninety percent of our photos of our kids, there's one missing. Right. Or there's two missing. Mm-hmm. But there's always it always seemed like there was at least one missing and it was right. randomly. It's never the same one, you know. So uh, <laughs> you just uh, as a blended family, you take the blessings that God gives you. You count those blessings and you don't dwell on on, on the negative mm-hmm. factors. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So do you think that um, that caused any problems within the marriage because of the blended family? Yeah, I, I, it, it put that external stress, you know, because you have the internal stress of the couple together navigating through their new marriage. Um, what does that look like? But then the external stressors would be um, the the if you will, the um, the ex spouses. Mm-hmm. And also, what is your role now as a non-biological parent to this beautiful child that that this marriage has brung you? Mm-hmm. So. I really wished I had the education that I do now back then. Right. Because I became the, the dominant, um, dis- disciplinarian, if you will, for all the children. Right. Um, you know, he worked a shift job. <laughs> so that was me. And, um, if I had it to do over again, I think we figured out that, <laughs> that we needed to, to be the disciplinarian for our own biological children. Yes, that's exactly what that's my husband did. <laughs> very, very important. Very important. But um, but we didn't know that. And yeah. that caused a lot of um, conflict within the home. So I'm glad she touched yeah. on that. There's there's so many things that that we don't know that we don't know yes. growing up. Yes. And 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 growing as a as a father, as a husband, as a, you know, as a wife or a spouse. And a parent and a step parent that there's a lot of ambiguities that come with um, blended families. So oh my goodness, I think we have a second show coming, y'all, about blended families. Maybe we need to do that. Yeah, maybe we need to do that. So yeah, we could we could go on for about an hour. I yes. sure I can too because you know I'm yes. a blended family as well. My yes. goodness, like oh. the trials, the yeah. stuff that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's but, a whole. I'm bringing them on for a second show. I'm already um, going to put a date on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about what it was that made you realize, like, okay, 
we are different right now. Something's not working. You realize the shift in the marriage. Yeah. What was that? So for let you? me qualify what I'm about to say with this, that when I first met Angie as a young man, I was smitten by her. She mm-hmm. was the hottest woman on the planet. <laughs> she was incredibly beautiful. Her voice, just her voice on the phone. I could just listen to her and talk to her for hours. Right. Wow. Yes. So I was just madly in love with her. And it took it, it started. I know we got married in four months, but the first three dates, we didn't kiss. I mean, it was really slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were taking our time getting to know each other. But once we got to know each other, we were like, mm-hmm. you know what? I know what I don't want. And I know what I definitely want. So right. we got married. And I know for, you know, statistically speaking, that honeymoon seasons for most couples mm-hmm. is is a year to 18 months. OK, right. my honeymoon with her was like 10 years. Wow. I mean, yeah. every week I lived for the weekends when I could yeah. spend time with her. And uh, so we we tracked real well in spite of all the challenges, mm-hmm. in spite of all the challenges of shift work and her career and my career. We don't we tracked real well for 10 years and then 12 years. And we were still best friends at 12 years, 13 years. And then around the 14th year, we just, uh, there was a shift. Mm. There was a drift. Mm-hmm. And um, I just didn't see her the same. And I'm, I'm not sure if she's seen me the same. Mm-hmm. And you want, you want to pick up from there? Yeah. It's just, um, you know, when you, when you stop connecting emotionally, um, you stop, first of all, you stop communicating. And you just kind of do those need to know basis. Then there goes the emotional connection or the emotional intimacy. And then thirdly, there would be the physical intimacy. So that's usually how the domino effect happens. So we were in between the latter two and we're like, I don't even think I like this person anymore. Who is this person that I married? He's becoming someone else. Um, you know, mm-hmm. his career took first place. Mm-hmm. The family took second place. So I'm over here trying to navigate through the tail end of our big, beautiful blend of family. And he, he's missing an action half the time. Right. Um, so, so, so to that point, who do we learn how to do relationships? Yeah. Who do we learn from? Most of the time, we learn from who raised us. I was just thinking mm-hmm. that, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so my dad, to a fault, was a workaholic mm-hmm. and a very successful workaholic. <laughs> and I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to carry that same work ethic mm-hmm. with me. And I was driven. Mm-hmm. And I found myself looking back in my career which I was successful in sometimes running a race that no one else was actually running. I mean, wow. like winning a game that no one else was actually competing in, right. you know, it was like you I, against yourself. Basically, It was me against myself. Yeah. And uh, when it came to being a husband, I, I became my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After 14 years, it 14 just, it's years. like it just woke up one day yeah. and it was like, boom. Yeah. And I want y'all to keep in mind that there is an order that God puts in place for us versus God. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes your family. Yes. 
and then it's your work and everything else after that. But like you were saying, there's some people who becomes workaholics. Maybe, you know, there's different people that I've seen where they became that way because they lacked as a child or they didn't have enough. So they want to make sure that their family is not put in that same position mm-hmm. or maybe just themselves making sure that they always have what they need and what they want. So, so I lived by this this mantra that I would leave from, lead from the front. Well, mm-hmm. I was so out in front that my poor wife was struggling behind me and the family. Wow. And I'm like six, seven, eight steps ahead going, come on, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> um, and, and it's interesting that you brought up God family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you, you can get that messed up in the ministry as well. And mm-hmm. there, there was a, there was a stretch of years there where I was, um, uh, I was assisting in, in, you know, pastoring a church, mm-hmm. a small church, albeit a small church. But uh, during that period that led up to 2014, that 14th year, uh, maybe it was 2016. Yeah, Anyways, 2016. I'm getting my, my years mixed up. Um, there was a period of time there where my career, uh, church ministry, everything else but my relationship with my wife mm-hmm. was important. I prioritized uh, many other things mm-hmm. and we drifted so far apart. So, and so let's yeah. talk about that, like how that was for you, Angie, when you realize, okay, something is going on. What is it? Mm-hmm. How did you come to terms with it? What was it for you that you really realized like something is wrong? Well, you know, um, before that very moment, I started becoming bitter and angry because of the fact that I wanted to do things in life before the age of 50, which was go back to get my master's program into marriage and family therapy. And um, so I was becoming selfish as well. As well. So mm-hmm. to, to say that, let's put it all on him. No, no, no. There was things that was happening within me that I was in probably unintentionally encouraging that drift, if you will. Mm-hmm. So by, um, you know, by 2017, 2018, we were, we were smiling in public, but behind closed doors, we were just kind of going to a separate rooms, mm-hmm. you know, doing our own thing, watching TV at different rates, you know, just kind of being selfish. Right. Um, yeah. To that point, we, yeah. we were, we were the perfect Instagram couple. Yes. Right. In 2017 and 2018, like we would take pictures. We still did things that we do now. Right. Like we traveled because we like to travel. Uh, we got a lot of photos of us smiling in front of mountains and right. rivers and lakes and beaches. And you would think, man, they got it together. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter was we were we have a saying at Live the Life that pain pursues pleasure. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. We were a couple that was constantly in pain and we were seeking things that would soothe that pain in what we thought was a healthy manner, but not necessarily what it was it not necessarily was. Mm-hmm. Because we got to a place to where ultimately we we could no longer resolve the conflict. Right. And we stopped trying. And we stopped trying. We just became miserable roommates, Mm -hmm. miserable roommates. I watch TV in one room and you watch TV in another Mm -hmm. room. Wow. 
And that's how a lot yeah. of people are doing it now. They're eating dinner separately. They're not eating mm-hmm. together. They're watching separate shows. They're not even praying together, reading the word together. Exactly. Um, and that's some things that's really important is that when you're married, you have to make sure that you're still doing the things together. Yes, you're going to have your separate time with God. Yes, yes. there are going to be times where you're going to want to watch different shows. But if you're finding yourself where it's most of the time y'all separate, it's time to get a hold of that and bring it back together. Right. It's a slippery slope. Yes. It is very much a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were in that state probably what, what for four or five years? I would say four to five wow. years. And there yeah. were some external s- stressors too that were occurring that you just look back on and you, you didn't realize it in the moment, but you look back now, you know, and go, okay, like her dad. Her dad was passing away. Right. He was in the last stages of the Parkinson's uh, disease Mm -hmm. process. So I was a secondary caregiver compared to my mom. My mom was in so much uh, discomfort, pain, Mm -hmm. that she just didn't know how to handle her emotions. At the same time, my mom and dad, after 43 years, are in the middle of a a divorce. Mm. So it was just like a storm. So it was the perfect storm. Uh, Her career, meantime... You hang on to the things during those rough, rough seasons. You hang on to the good. And and the good for us was her career was booming. Mm-hmm. She doesn't brag on it. I, I do. She was nurse of the year for, for a national, like a wow. national award wow. for nurse of within the year the within, the, within, the, within the VA administration. Um, and, and my career was booming and taking mm-hmm. off. And I was just getting promotion after promotion and being recognized. I got recognized nationally as well. Um so those were the good things. So what did we do? We doubled down on what was good, mm-hmm. and we just we we worked harder at mm-hmm. fulfilling our own selfish desires and goals and careers, yeah. and you know, in our careers, and and continue to neglect what was the most important, which was mm-hmm. our relationship and our marriage to one another. Yes. Wow. I want to ask, because I know that there's some things that's gotten deeper. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll let y'all share that. Um, but I remember speaking with Angie and she was mentioning her prayer closet. Oh. She had made a prayer closet and she was praying for her husband. And that's the same thing. Like even men, you got to pray for your wives. You know, wives got to pray for their husbands because mm-hmm. when we notice that our spouses are starting to drift away, who do we need to run to first? We need to run to God. We need to pray yes. and ask God, what is the direction? What is it that you need me to do? But unfortunately, sometimes we pick up our phones and we call other people. <laughs> and then we call another person and another person. You got all yeah. these random yeah. thoughts and it's right. like, okay, God, which one is yours again? And he's probably like, if you would have just seeked me first, yeah. <laughs> I would have given you the answer. And so let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So around, it was 2020 and um, I, I found myself in the middle of an affair. Mm. Okay. And uh, we separated and I, I moved out. And so you, you want to pick up from there. Yeah. So one day um, in our miserable state, he comes home and says, um, I can't do this. I think we got into a, an argument and he's just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I am leaving. And I thought, OK, well, you, we've said this before. Both of us have said this before. But, you know, you're actually packing your bags. OK, well. You know, it was close to the weekend. He'll he'll be home tomorrow. We're in 48 hours. Well, 48 hours came and went. He started asking me for divorce. Mm-hmm. So um, being a, a prayer warrior, prayer uh, pray, praying woman, I uh, started seeking God, and he directed me. He had been telling me for years, Angie, you really need to create that prayer closet that we can come to and 
um, and I can we can I can just engulf you in my presence. Well, I did for short periods of time, and then it kind of just went away. Well, now I have a reason. So I cleaned out the area that I chosen, which was my walk-in closet, our walk-in closet, and um, kind of just started having this deeper relationship with God. And what is crazy is I'm praying for Him. I'm praying for our marriage. But what God was doing was healing me spiritually from yes. the inside out from past pains that had nothing to do with him. And that's crazy because sometimes God is like we'd be praying for someone else, mm-hmm. especially our spouses or our kids. And God's like, you know what? No, I'm yes. going to work on you first. Yes. <laughs> and then after I work on you, then I'm going to get to the the prayer that you're asking for. Um, so you have to remind yourself that ask God within that time. What is it that you need me to work on? You know, because sometimes when we're going through things, we have to realize that we're going through it for a reason. Yes. Maybe God's trying to open you up and show you some things that you're still hurting from. Or maybe he wants you to work on something. Maybe you don't have patience and he's trying to teach you patience, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I've no, noticed that, you know, within my own life is that, OK, slow down, mm-hmm. figure it out. Ask God, what, what is my lesson? Because I don't want to be, be like the Israelites and yes. <laughs> live a day journey and <laughs> turns into 40 years. Exactly. I don't want to be there. So um, it's just it's just an amazing to just see like how God begins to work on us in the process. Yes, right. And the first thing that he had to, me to do was repent. And I'm yes. over here going, in, in my fleshly mind, I'm going, I've got to repent? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm repenting, God. So for five weeks, he gave me specific assignments. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started putting my prayers on the walls. Mm-hmm. If anyone, anyone's ever seen the prayer, uh, war, the prayer room, mm-hmm. war, yeah. room, war, room. War, war room, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't. It's a great movie to go see. Rent that video. <laughs> <laughs> so it was life changing. Um, and after five weeks, um, he, he came back and he's like, you know, I made this huge mistake. So, so I'll pick up from there. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, during this time, by the way, you cannot pray for someone and God not deal with them during that time. Okay. So, uh, God was dealing with me yes. and, uh, a sequence of events uh, occurred, and I I got to a place to where I, I I knew in my heart I was one I was not right with God, mm-hmm. and two, uh, our marriage was I drove our marriage off off a cliff, right? right. I mean, just in, in a figurative sense. So I went and spoke with a friend of mine who is now my pastor. He was a pastor then as well, but he was he was my best friend. And I spoke with him and I, I told him I just told him everything. And and he he said, Jimmy, you know, there's some steps that you're about to have to take. That's not going to be comfortable and you're not going to want to go down that road. But I promise you, if you'll trust in God. He'll lead you and and he'll he'll lead you out of this. Mm-hmm. And then he also told me this. He says, now, I don't know. I'm just letting you know this is your friend. I don't know where you're at with you and your wife and what what you want. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to let you know that I pray for your wife as much as I pray for you. And I want you to know that God sent her to you as your helpmate. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if you want to be married anymore, but I'm praying for your marriage. And at that time, I got to tell you that I was actually um, emotionally a wreck. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have an answer to that question at that moment. 
All I knew was I wanted, I had a desire to be right with God. Mm -hmm. And I had so much shame, so much guilt that, that God was dealing with that I could only deal with it one thing at a time at that moment. Mm -hmm. So, um, I repented and I turned. I call it the turn is what I look back on my life and I say, that's the day of the turn. And what do you mean by that, Jimmy? We can, in word, say I'm sorry and give it to God. But if we don't turn from what we were doing wrong and we just continue that behavior, or continue that path of sinfulness, then that's not true repentance. So I got up from my knees and I literally turned from that that life that I had lived for, albeit four or five weeks, and I, and I, I never looked back. And so the next day mm-hmm. was a Monday, and I, I went home. I called her. Well, actually, uh, our our pastor at the time mm-hmm. w- he called her. And because I, I wasn't answering his phone calls at this point, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm living it with God. <laughs> so he, not he, knowing he, that God was already working. Yeah. Exactly. So he exactly. sets it up where I I come home and talk to her. You know, so I drive home at about five thirty that day, and she's waiting on me out in the yard. And we walk around the yard and walk the dog. And then we go in and we sit down. And I look at her across the room and I just put my hand in my my head in my hands and I just admit it. I said, I've made a mess of my life and our marriage. And then she did something that I didn't see coming. I honestly did not see coming. I didn't come home to make this marriage right. I came home to tell her the truth. And then just take my medicine, whatever that was from this point on. But she did something I didn't see coming. And and she says, Jimmy, I want to show you something. So we, she stands up and she leads me into our bedroom and then through our bedroom, our master bathroom and into the walk-in closet. And I mean, like, I got so much guilt and shame. I'm like, she fitting to shoot me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But she walks me back there and we go in the closet. And it's first of all, it is immaculately clean Mm. and organized. And and then there's these notes that are taped to the wall Mm. all over her side of the wall or her side of the closet. And I started reading those notes and they were dated and tears just started streaming down my face because I knew where I was at and I knew what I was doing on those dates. And I'm like, Mm. and the first one I read was where you wrote, God, forgive me. (laughs) It's the key. I got to tell you that that just broke me. It Mm. broke me. And then she looked at me and she said, what'd you say? You, you, You told me you knew you knew. Oh, you're probably going to have to say it. I'm like getting a little emotional right this moment. But, so, but long story <laughs> short, she knew. She said, God told me. And I knew this. I knew I knew this was happening. But I didn't. But he didn't tell me in what type of. He said you're coming back, but he didn't tell me um, what condition what you'd condition be in. You'd I was I, and I was a broken man. Mm-hmm. I was a very much broken man. We we reconciled that night, okay? Amen. I stayed home or I stayed the night there for the first time in weeks and it didn't feel I mean it was it was very 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 different. Yeah. And it was, it was, we were we, strangers. We woke up the next right, morning yeah. strangers in a bed that we you know once shared. 
and we didn't know how to be married anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was so internally, I had so much shame mm-hmm. that I didn't know how to process right. that and fear. I mean, I was, I was fearful. And, uh, so we, we needed help. Mm-hmm. We needed help. And so once going through all that, y'all realize y'all need help. Where did y'all turn to? So our pastor or my friend that was pastor, um, he, he says, I, you know, this is out of my league. Mm-hmm. And that's it. At least he was honest. And yes, I, I, exactly. I honestly, I, I wish more pastors would, uh, would, would admit that, right. that, you know, Absolutely. there, there is specialists out there. Mm-hmm. And, he sent us to live the life. Yes. Okay. And I had never heard of live the life. I showed up at, we showed up <laughs> right, on the right. doorstep at live the life, by the way, at the very beginning of a pandemic when everything was shut down. Right. And they took us in. I always say they took me in like a stray dog. Mm. <laughs> they, they fed me and now they can't run me off. So. <laughs> I say, yeah, cause now you work there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you went to live the life and um, they had a program called, well, we first of all, it's important that we had to, you know, we needed to go to counseling. So they okay. have counseling there, mm-hmm. pastoral counseling, which, you know, which is Doug. So he, he incorporated the count. It was a little different for us because of COVID and okay. the pandemic. Right. So there was no, the adventures in Mary, all of the programs were shut down because right. none of the yes, venues were, were, were closed. All the venues were closed. So what we did, though, was he taught us adventures in marriage. He taught us those skills that are important Mm -hmm. foundations for conflict resolution. And at the same time, he also counseled us. So um, so we learned all of that stuff that we, you know, we teach in adventures in marriage. Mm -hmm. And and at Hope Weekend, we got one on one with Doug, our, you know, our counselor. Um, And so to say that we were restored but were we healed completely mm-hmm. you know we were still in the healing process so everything opened back up and then we were able to participate in the very first hope weekend that happened after the pandemic mm-hmm. and when i say hope weekend transforms your marriage even if you have an okay marriage and it can be great yes. or if you're in crisis and you need that healing Oh my goodness! It I, I you know it's such a top top secret squirrel top uh, workshop that we can't even tell you much about it, right? <laughs> but that sealed the deal. If if I mean really absolutely, I mean we were intentional. We were moving forward. We were healing. I'll use this analogy but, to that oh to gosh. that point of how transformative a hope weekend is for a couple in crisis. That we were in the process of recovery and healing for months and months and months leading up to our Hope Weekend. And we were tracking. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like someone that's in physical rehab mm-hmm. that you, in, you know, you're constantly working that muscle to try to rebuild your body. And it's that, you know, in the middle of a workout, you feel your weakest, right? Yes. Right. Yes. But your <laughs> trainer sees a difference in you that you don't even realize. That's how it was with Live the Life and our coaches. Our coaches uh, were our encouragers, and and we went to that Hope Weekend. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest. We went, and I felt like we were, okay, to use the Red Sea analogy. Okay. Notice Miriam didn't dance until she was on the other side. Mm -hmm. I said that to say this. 
at the end of our Hope Weekend on that Sunday afternoon, I remember looking at our coaches and I said, I've been afraid to to praise God for what he's done because I still feel like the sand's wet underneath mm-hmm. our feet. Like there's been this fear that these all these all this water that's God's holding back could these walls of water could just come crashing down on us at any right. moment. Yes. And I remember our coach looking us in the eye and saying, Jimmy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can praise God because you're on dry land. Amen. You're on dry sand. God's got this. And what he has done for y'all is wonderful. Amen. And that's what's so wonderful about her weekend. You have a coach or couple coach mm-hmm. coaches walking you through the entire breakout sessions. Yes. And at the very end, I can say this, mm-hmm. they speak life into your marriage yeah. in a spiritual way. And that is so special to that couple and was very special to us. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an amazing because I've been through it too. Um, and it's one of them things where it's an experience that you're not going to get anywhere else. There's so many different programs out there. I mean, there's tons of programs out there. But this one here, we've had, and I say we've, like, as if I'm still working there, <laughs> had um, <laughs> had people that was ready to sign divorce papers. Oh. And they walk away tearing them up because mm-hmm. they it just transformed their marriage. It gives you, these. this thing gives you tools that you can take home. Right. Okay, yes. not just tools that you're going to use while you're there. These are tools that you're going to use throughout your the rest of your marriage, you know, as long as you're both living. Um, so I want to encourage you that if you're out there, there right now and you're struggling in your marriage you're struggling and you're like you know what I'm ready to sign papers I'm ready to split you know this is a deal breaker for me don't lose hope number one the thing that I love that Angie did was she um, prayed she created a space for prayer she asked for forgiveness for herself and then she allowed God to move she didn't go calling them she didn't go asking questions she didn't go do, do she didn't do any of that but she left it into God's hands there's so many of us right now that to the point where we give it to God but then we pull it back then we give it to God and then we pull it back and it's like we're playing tug of war with God and he's like okay do I have it or do I not <laughs> like which one do you want right. and um, you know being a a strong wife being a strong husband and then for him he had to admit within himself like what was happening and so that's another key point that I've get, gotten out of this is that you have to recognize that there's an issue and that you need it to be fixed yeah. um, you can't run from it because when you run then the enemy's hands is still in it and then the last thing that I saw was that God brought the unity back together. He yes. brought it back together with help. There's people out there, husbands mostly. I don't need counseling. <laughs> I don't want no one in my business. You know, it's, a lot of times it's just because of the dirty laundry is getting aired. You know, everyone is, is knowing what, what the yes. issue is. But you have to humble yourself. When it comes to this, there is no pride. You have to put the way to pride. I'd like to speak to the men. Absolutely. Um. I had a career in law enforcement, okay, and I retired from law enforcement, and I understand that alpha, you know, that alpha dog mentality where I take care of my my, my family, yes. and I'm very private, and I don't need anybody inside my head, that type of thing. So, it, it that's a defense mechanism for men. And we, we don't want to be judged or and a lot of us don't want to be, quite frankly, corrected. Mm-hmm. But let me say it to like this to this. The best investment that you can make in 2023 is not in your finances. Mm-hmm. It's not in your career. 
it's in your marriage. And, and, and research has shown that just eight hours of marriage education, uh, is beneficial and has long lasting, uh, sustainability within marriages from year to year. You said eight, eight hours eight a hours, year, just eight hours. Okay. And what I don't understand for couples that have a stigma about marriage education is they don't want people to think that they have a bad marriage. Right. Well, you know what? I, I have a really, she's got a really nice car. Okay. Mm -hmm. But just because we have a really nice car doesn't mean we don't take it for an oil change every right. three months. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. There's no stigma about maintenance on a vehicle. Right. And that's all marriage education is, is mm -hmm. relationship yeah. maintenance. And everyone needs that. So. Yeah. Yeah, especially, especially, you know, people um, I've heard, you know, I've heard people say throughout the, the years that I'm working with Live the Life, um, well, I'm just going to, we're just going to pray and um, God's going to fix it. Well, God gives wisdom. Mm -hmm. He gives wisdom to doctors. Yes. He gives wisdom to the mechanics who will change your oil. So with that wisdom, you have to take action and wisdom, action and prayer. Yes. And prayer and wisdom been around action, for a yeah. while too. So yes. it's not uh, like they've just been here for two years. They've been around right. for years. It's right. 1998. Yes. Yeah. So 20 plus. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. And it, it's incredible. We live in a small uh, rural town with no resources. Right. So when we heard about Live the Life, that was the first time. And we live 54 miles away from Tallahassee. So. And then Angie, I want you to give encouraging words to the wives. Um, for a wife right now that may be going through it, I actually know someone personally um, that it's going through it. And what, what is something that you would say to that wife right now that's thinking about calling quits? Well, first of all, you know, you, you have to get into your prayer room. You have to seek God's face. You have to receive that joy that only God can bring you. Mm -hmm. um, it's only through him. You're going to have the courage to make the steps to, to make the decision to intentionally want to save your marriage because eh? there's a lot of hurt and pain that that comes through years of marriage um don't give up right. um there an unhappy marriage in our society today equals divorce yeah but god did not design that so if you do have an unhappy marriage whether it be from um you know conflicts or affairs um or just plain external exhaustion don't give up seek the resources that are available to you mm -hmm. and and keep and pray once you guys when you're on the other side and you make that decision mm -hmm. we're going to save this marriage we're going to save this family and god is going to help us be intentional do not look back do yes. not look back at the pain do not look back at the hurt or what was, because God is going to make something new out of your marriage. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say that, that what was is not what is. Right. right. Or what will be. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we can be so busy looking back at our past that we allow our past to rob us of the joy of the present. Yes. yes. And the hope for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So if, if you've got a hurtful past, give it to God. And then go get help. Be intentional and get help. Be intentional. I like that. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's right now, it's like, you know what? I need this hope weekend. Mm -hmm. How can they find it? How can they reach out to you? Because actually these two, they're over the hope weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you're reaching out, this is the two people you'll be speaking to is Jimmy and Angie Cash. So tell them a little bit about how they can reach you. 
Uh, so Hope Weekends can be, you can find us at livethelife.org yes. and under programs, it would be under Hope Weekend. And you can find our registration link there at livethelife.org, Hope Weekends. Uh, once also- once you register online, it will go to Angie. Mm-hmm. Now you want to pick up from there. So if you're in the area, North Florida area, then it would go directly to me. Then I will contact you. Um, if you just have questions that you want answers, just give me a, a shout out through an email at Angie at LiveTheLife.org. Um, give me your uh, name, your phone number, and I will call you and I will answer all the questions that you have. And I always tell the couples that reach out to me. I will walk you through this. I am going to hold your hand prior yes. to Hope Weekend, during Hope Weekend, and after Hope Weekend. Yes. You are not alone. Once you're a part of the Live the Life family, you're always a part That's of the right. Live the Life That's family. Right. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad y'all came on. Yeah. And like I told y'all, we're going to have another one about blended families. So y'all be on the lookout for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait right. for that one. Me, yeah. me either. I'm excited because it's not a lot of people that talk about it. And so, again, y'all would be the light. And I'm excited that you all tuned in today. If by any chance that you came in on this show midway and you want to hear the rest of it, please don't hesitate to visit my YouTube, Zakia Robinson, and you'll be able to see us actually doing this live and so um again this is jimmy and angie and we are going to say goodbye for now i'm no longer bound i'm no longer chained i'm no longer captive no longer restrained delivered set free and free to be me let me introduce myself thank you so much for tuning in to be the light if you are looking for a life coach or maybe you're looking for some inner healing please visit be the Live. Again, that is be the light.live. And you can also follow us on YouTube for a replay of this show at Zakia Robinson. Be blessed. My name.